Welcome to Trig Talks, a podcast that gives me the opportunity to talk and you the opportunity to listen to what I'm talking about. And today we are going to be talking about the important subject of forgiveness. I feel many of us today are dealing or struggling with this idea of forgiveness because of some hurt that we have or pain that we have in our past. In light of past abuse, whether physical, spiritual, emotional, psychological, many of us have been hurt and we're dealing with the effects of that even today. And when you're going through something or reliving something every day, it's extremely hard to forgive. It's really hard to forgive someone who has wronged you in a way. Yet Jesus doesn't give us an ultimatum or an exception clause in the scriptures about forgiveness. So today, let's talk about forgiveness. So as we get rolling today, let's dive into what some others are saying about forgiveness. You've heard philosophies of forgiveness. You've probably read different views of forgiveness. You might even have your own philosophy on how forgiveness must work. But let's dive in to see what some philosophers are saying, some popular teachers of the day in the past, and see where they're coming from, and then we'll dive in to see what Jesus says about forgiveness. So for whatever reason, Stoic philosophy intrigues me. You know, it's obviously not Scripture-based is where I am, but it's based on the teaching of old Stoic philosophers. So when it comes to forgiveness, I was just curious to see what Stoics had to say. So I did some homework with one of my favorite Stoic philosophers of the day today, and that is Ryan Holiday. And obviously, I'm not encouraging everything Ryan teaches, but I do enjoy his um, quotes of the day and some of his perspective on things as an author and as a father. But Ryan encourages his readers to exercise forgiveness by, by following words of past philosophers, which obviously is what they do. So he states and quotes another philosopher of ancient times, we need to forgive in order to forgive our inner self. We also need to forgive others over and over while trying to do better the next time. Now, while I might not agree completely with that statement, there are some things that Ryan says there that are worthy to be considered. One, I do believe forgiveness is the key to begin the self-healing process that many of us need in our spiritual being. We have let bitterness build for so long that it dominates much of our thoughts and our actions. So how we respond to people or how we listen to someone speak or how we read a book, it really all comes through the lenses of our bitterness. So some guys, they don't even stand a chance when we're having a conversation with them because we've already put them into the past of somebody who has caused us hurt and bitterness has already began to build. So when we twist that, To a self-forgiveness, though, we can very quickly find ourselves in trouble. You see, I do not have the ability to forgive me. Only God can extend forgiveness for my inner frailties and my failures. I mean, I can forgive myself over and over and over again for being an idiot. Okay, but that's not going to keep me from being an idiot. David, I think, nails it when he's praying to God 
and and he says, against you, God, and you only have I sinned. Now, wait a second. He sinned against Uriah and Uriah's family. He has sinned against Bathsheba and Bathsheba's family. He sinned against the nation of Israel and what he did. But yet he realized there was only one person that could extend forgiveness. He realized who he had sinned against primarily, and the only one that could give true forgiveness, and that was God. Now, this idea of forgiving over and over and trying to do better the next time, okay, I am not hey, let's do better the next time, guys. Listen, as a coach for years, I, I wouldn't want to look at you know, my teams and say, hey, guys, I'm sorry we lost, but let's do better the next time. Huh, no kidding. How do we need to do better the next time? What are we going to do to become better the next time? You know, this is an open-ended statement that really justifies our wrongs and calms our inner conscience. If I told my kids, okay, guys, you really messed up with this, and, and I need you to do better the next time. Guys, you just totally killed my lawn. And you need to do better the next time. But I give them no guidance on how or no guidance on why I, told, why I feel they've botched my yard. Okay, that, that's like giving them a bow and arrow, telling them to go hit a target, but not telling them what the target is. You know, they'll find a target, but it might not be the one I want them to shoot at. And, and so I can do better, better the next time. But if I've got nothing to aim at, I'm going to hit it every time. So is Ryan right about self-healing or the philosophers of the past? Well, yeah. Okay. But there's so much more to it than that. So, so what about Gandhi? You know, Gandhi was a promoter of peace. Gandhi had no enemies. So, so what does our bald-headed dead friend say when it comes to forgiveness? Well, honestly... Um, Gandhi is known for one of his quotes in this area and in respect to forgiveness. He says this, and you can find it anywhere on the internet, and you could download it and put it on your phone as a picture if you want to. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Man, we can take that spiritually and say the same thing. Okay, a spiritually unstable, weak person can never forgive. But somebody who is strong in their faith, man, that forgiveness is one of their key attributes. So allow me then to go from holiday and and go from Gandhi, and let's talk about a very prominent teacher of the day that's all over YouTube and social media, and that's Jordan Peterson. Man, Peterson is a very intriguing personality. It is mind-blowing to see how, how this guy has become such a household name for many of us today. I mean, you can't go online and look to see what is happening around us and not find something that Jordan Peterson hasn't said. And Peterson is unique in the fact that, that he gets followers from all ends of the spectrum. Obviously, I'm listening in as a conservative pastor. Others are listening in that want nothing to do with me as a conservative pastor. And, and people from all areas of life are reading Jordan Peterson. Social media has done Jordan Peterson many favors. So as we look up what Jordan Peterson says in this idea of forgiveness and repentance, we would not necessarily agree with everything that he says, but there's going to be many areas where we're going to agree on. He said in regard to the subject of adultery, and this is the premise of his talk on forgiveness, 
He says this, we don't take adulterers into the public square and stone them, so you probably shouldn't do that to yourself. If you regret it, well then, you have to repent and then atone. Now, that's interesting in what he says here. The key word here is if. I hope if any of us have found ourselves in an adulterous situation, we didn't have to contemplate if we regretted it or not. I hope that since you regret it. But moving on, and again, in, in Peterson's style, he has some good things to say about repentance, and he sees things much like I would. He emphasizes when you are able to find your way back to the path, repenting will ensure you don't wander off that path again. So if I regret it, okay, if I regret having an immoral relationship or, or an adulterous relationship, okay, then I need to go back on the path where I got off, repent, and then that will help ensure that I don't do it again. Now, I can handle that a whole lot better than I can some of the Stoic philosophy that we talked about. Honestly, what Jesus tells the church at Ephesus is basically what Peterson is saying here. Jesus looks at the church at Ephesus, and he says, you've left your first love. We could apply that to adultery, I guess. You know, remember where you were fallen, repent, and return to your first works. Or other words, applying some of Peterson's philosophy here, get back on the path where you left off. The issue is there is no outside source of help to overcome our sin issue. Peterson says we need to learn and evolve. So if you commit adultery, feel badly about it, in order to gain trust with others, okay, you've got to begin by trusting in yourself that it will not happen again. Unfortunately, like we've said before, I don't trust myself at all. So you can see then how Stoics, Peterson, Gandhi, they all have this commonality in all of their teaching. Solely responsible for forgiveness is me. Forgiveness is solely depends on you. This is about an act of my will. This is something that I've got to do. This is something that's got to happen with me. Well, if that's not the case, then what route should we take? It's a route that doesn't depend upon me as a person, but it's a route that depends upon the finished work and person of Jesus Christ. When a person has experienced the forgiveness of Jesus, it, it's truly amazing the level of forgiveness they can offer somebody else. And so I'm not trying to drum this up on my own or try to find this within me. Okay, I'm going to find this through Christ. Now, again, I'm not saying this is easy, especially if you have been hurt, abused, or taken advantage of. But please hear me out and let me give you some examples, and then we'll dive into what scriptures say. So just two incredible examples of forgiveness I want to give. One is by a lady who has the name Gladys Staines. Mrs. Staines, her husband, and their three children are from Australia, and they left Australia to become missionaries in India. One day, missionary Graham Staines and his two boys, Philip, age 10, and Timothy, age 8, were out at another village where they were having a missionary meeting, and they were traveling home early one afternoon. It was about 7 o'clock in the evening when they were almost home. They were in their village, almost home, when a mob of about 30 Hindu men surrounded their car. Mr. Stain stopped not to kill any of the men, not sure what was going on. 
And the Hindus then made sure that none of them could get out of the car while they drenched the car in gasoline and they lit it on fire. Witnesses say that Graham held his two sons in his arms while they burned to death in the state of Orissa in 1999. But it was the response of Mrs. Staines that gained national attention, not the attackers. Even the New York Times covered her story, and I'll quote the New York Times, and here's what it said. Those at the house looked to Gladys Staines, not just to give her comfort after the news of hearing of her son's and husband's death, but to try to give them some comfort as well. What was there to say at such a moment? Mrs. Staines, according to those there, shook with grief and for a time moved very slowly as if she was struggling to part her way through the air. She seemed to be impaled in the middle of a thought, which finally, with quivering voice, she shared, Whoever did this, we will forgive them. That sentiment, that example of her living faith, has been widely praised in India, a nation often rent with religious-based violence, most frequently between Hindu and Muslims. The New York Times goes on to say that D.P. Wada, a Supreme Court judge, heads an inquiry into the deaths which occur in January, which occurred in January, and they're linked to a wider outbreak of anti-Christian attacks. He commended Mrs. Staines by saying, "Her conduct has put to sh- has put many to shame. If they have any shame." Not only the perpetrators of the crime, but all those who directly or indirectly may have sympathy for them, he said. Mrs. Staines, age 48, returned just a month after the attacks from a respite in her native Australia. She has decided to carry on her husband's work running a home for leprosy patients in her city, which is a dusty, traffic-clogged city in the eastern state of Orissa. She will continue to tell people the good news and she confidently calls it that the blood calls it that the blood of Jesus God's son can cleanse the world of sin and that God is fair and just and that divine purposes exist in all that goes on even if those purposes are at times elusive. Wow. How did she do that? Because she knows the experience that she received from Jesus and she desires to see that forgiveness extended to others. Another is Elizabeth Elliot. I'm not going to take time to go into her story, but you can read it anywhere through her husband, Jim, and in the books that have been written about him. But how could she forgive the ones who killed her husband? How could she then not only forgive them, but take the gospel back to them and find the forgiveness in God that she offered to them through God? I mean, that is absolutely amazing. I mean, it's mind-blowing to think about these ladies forgiving the ones who have killed their husbands, forgiving the one, Mrs. Stain, who killed their children, their small boys. Jesus said, folks, that we are continually to forgive. He told Peter, you know, 70 times 7, meaning just over and over. While hanging on the cross, Jesus cried out, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Listen to me. Those perpetrators that killed Christ on the cross that Jesus asked God to forgive, man, they're called out a few times in Scripture, even the ones who crucified Jesus. See, forgiveness is a letting go and a letting God moment. 
Forgiveness is a turning this situation over to the hands of God and trusting in his sovereignty and his will for my life. Forgiveness is a realization of how deadly bitterness can be in the execution of it. Now, that is extending forgiveness, but possibly forgiveness also might need to be something that we seek from others. Maybe it's not what someone has done to me, but it's what I've done to somebody else. Now, again, man, this is not easy to do because it's many times where somebody has done something to us, and now they're the ones expecting us to come and ask for forgiveness. It's like, wait a second, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, you were the one, you're the one that did that. You are the one that said that. And and no, okay, but it doesn't matter. We've got to look at the situation and and we need to give that to the Lord. And and if we feel, okay, that that even if maybe we're not in the wrong, but it's still the right thing to do, then we need to march wherever they are and ask of their forgiveness. I am sorry. That came across the way that it did. It just, it it came out of my mouth the wrong way. And please, will you forgive me for saying that? Please, will you forgive me for responding in the way that I did? You know, just recently I was correcting one of my boys and and I, I just, I did more than correct. And I got way too deep into conversation and correcting him and, and honestly belittling him in some ways. And I had to go back and I had to ask forgiveness for the things that I said. And what I did, because it was wrong. Ephesians 4.32 says this, you know, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. I believe this verse is the standard for forgiving in the church. In order to forgive, we need to be tenderhearted. In order to forgive, we must have a love one for another. In order to forgive, we must have the desire to be kind to each other. In order to forgive, we've got to have the mindset that Christ had. As God hath forgiven us, and you look at what we have done and how we've turned our backs on God, and yet he still extends that forgiveness to us, we must extend that forgiveness to others. If Christ can forgive me and and forgive what I have done against him, there is no reason why I cannot forgive someone else. Possibly you're listening and you've never asked Christ for forgiveness of the sins that you've committed in your own life against him. You've, you've never asked for forgiveness and, and asked God to save you from that sin. Listen to me. You cannot extend forgiveness to others until you've experienced it from God yourself. But if you've experienced that forgiveness from God and you're still harboring bitterness— about something a pastor, a church, a mission agency, a friend, a family member, a coworker, a boss, a business has done to you, listen to me, please. It's time to deal with it. You will sleep much better tonight if you are the stronger person and you reach out and you forgive them. I hope this has been a help to you. If you got any questions on that, feel free to reach out. Thank you for tuning in to Trade Talks. If you know someone that could use this podcast today, please share it with them. Also, if you would just write a little review and rate this podcast, that would help me a lot. Have a wonderful day and look forward to talking to you again in Trade Talks.